Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM, as well as iHeartRadio. Tune in, the award-winning Sirius XM app, and I'd like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. It is great to be with you. We've got so much to get to today as we have put an end to the midweek Premier League games. We can look forward to the weekend matches, but we'll be doing that, covering that in detail tomorrow during our Friday uh, patented Pundits Premier League preview show for all the P's for you. But in the meantime, we've had a bunch of matches this midweek, and they have been absolutely terrific matches punctuated by what was billed and was indeed the match, let's just say, of the last six weeks, Liverpool-Tottenham at Anfield. What a match that was, and true to predictions. I did get that one right, but we'll go through all of my predictions, and I'll show you how I did, and I can tell you, I didn't do nearly as well as I thought I was going to do. So I suppose uh, you got to take the good with the bad. All right, so much to get to today. We're going to run down all the Premier League action. Let's take a look at the tables. Plus, Ray Orozco, one of my listeners, sent a great question to me, and I want to spend a little bit of time answering it, and I know Ray will be tuning in. So uh, Ray asked, what does it take? to build a championship or a championship-winning team. And I'm going to tell you, at least my opinion, when I come back. We are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And should you miss any part of the show, you can check it out immediately at its conclusion on our podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. We certainly hope you will go there and uh, sign in. And make this show one of your subscribed shows. That way, every time it's over, you'll have it in your box if you miss it live. I'm with you Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Then again on Sports Overnight America at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern time for all you early birds. So you be sure to tune in every weekday night, that is, for the best in global football talk. I am going to step aside and take a break. In the meantime, head over to betonline.ag and check out all the great options you have there. And I'll be right back after these messages. had in the Premier League really some mouth-watering matchups. Arsenal-Southampton at the Emirates was one. Leicester-Everton that was always going to be a good match. It didn't let you down. Of course, the biggie, Liverpool-Tottenham was a huge one, and Sheffield-Man United, Aston Villa-Burnley-West Ham Palace. I'm going to break them all down for you. We're going to go through them in detail. Let's take a look at the table. And as you may have noticed, the Premier League back in action in a big way, of course, into this wonderful December schedule that we all love so much, as are the European leagues. And of course, we've just had the Champions League draw, which is very exciting in and of itself, and the NFL in full swing. Now, while you might not be able to go to the game because of limited ticket availability, obviously, in some areas, and 
Other areas, just no ticket availability due to this nightmare COVID situation. But don't worry, folks. You can still get in on the action at Bet Online. They have everything you want to bet on a game. Uh, let me give you an example of some of the props. They've got game spreads and totals and prop bets. They've got team player coaching prop bets. Great stuff. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, they've got that online casino as well, which never closes much like the casinos here in my hometown of Las Vegas. Head over to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today and make them your online sportsbook experts. And as I do like to tell you, have a lot of fun with it, but make it a pastime and not a lifestyle. So we have had a whole stream of Premier League matches midweek which is truly wonderful i have to tell you i I just love it culminating in a setup for the weekend where we have a whole slate of other premier league matches which we will get to in detail uh, tomorrow but where we leave it after the midweek matches is liverpool on top of the table with 28 points Only three goals behind Tottenham in goal differential, although three points ahead. Southampton in third spot. Leicester City in fourth. Everton fifth. And Man United, Man United clawing themselves up the table in sixth spot. Seventh, Chelsea. And that is a surprise to me, by the way. West Ham United eighth. Man City ninth. Let's go down the table. We don't have to go down each one, but let's go down Arsenal. Oh, awful team in 15th spot. And at the bottom of the table, very bottom, is Sheffield United with one point. And I am sad to say Chris Wilder and the exciting Sheffield United of last season are going to be relegated from the Premier League. This is the worst start in Premier League history for any club. And they have just been atrocious. They have scored seven goals in 13 matches. And Man United, by the way, even though they won the game, can be just absolutely shamefaced <laughs> that they were responsible for one of those goals that Sheffield United scored because uh, uh, they are really truly uh, truly an awful team and in fact let me let me take that back uh, two of those goals that Sheffield United scored so a pretty a pretty embarrassing situation all the way around for man united despite the win But poor old Sheffield, one point on the season. And this is a team that came up from the championship last season. They played a great Premier League season. Didn't score a lot of goals. Defensively, they were very strong. They played very good football. They had a style. They had a belief. They had cohesion. They had a manager, Chris Wilder, that had been with them the whole time. And they made a decision that they were not going to build the club up, spend all this money just in anticipation of a future Premier League season. And that has come back to haunt them in a big way. As I think what you can see this season is that the quality of teams in the Premier League has improved, uh, particularly at the top of the table where we will agree that Sheffield United really never were last season, although they were at the sort of top of the middle section of the Premier League. 
But I think it's important when we look at the Premier League, and you look right now where we've got Liverpool, Spurs, Southampton, Leicester, Everton, United, Chelsea, etc., etc., to understand, because I talk about cycles almost every show, that some of these teams, Everton, a great example, Leicester City, a fabulous example, Chelsea, great example, West Ham United, to a slightly better degree, And Wolves are gelling. These are teams that have talent. They have had investment. And they are gelling. They've had time to come together and start to bake the ingredients a little bit. Possibly none quite as mature as Liverpool. And then you get to over-maturity like Man City, where they are, where they are in need of some refreshment. You shouldn't be surprised that this isn't a runaway Premier League like last year, that Liverpool are being pushed hard by Tottenham. And you've got Southampton right up there, and Leicester City have been playing wonderful football, and Everton have turned it on in style. And even throughout all of Man United's travails, being knocked out of Europe looking just bloody awful, going behind in just about every game they play. By the way, uh, the game today against Southampton, no difference. I mean, pardon me, against Sheffield United, no different. They went behind 1-0. The last match Man United was way back at the beginning of November. That's the last match they lost. They have gone six games unbeaten, five wins and a draw. And I don't care what you say about United and how bad they are and how inconsistent and all of the rest. And by the way, I would not put it past Leeds to beat them at Old Trafford. <laughs> on Sunday, because that's their next match. And United are, an, as an away team, terrific. All three of their home losses, of their losses have come at home. And both their draws have come at home. Interestingly enough. <laughs> it is fascinating, but they are coming together under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And, and I think there's a lack of talent in specific areas at United and I think Paul Pogba's been a big problem for them and I think if they can unload him in January which isn't just as I know either what they wanted to do quietly or what they would rather have done in the summer uh, Pogba's agent has sort of pushed this to a fait accompli and kind of pushed him into a corner but if they can sell Pogba and in return bang up some decent talent with that money United uh, don't expect them to be quiet participants in this year's Premier League. Expect them to continue pushing. And by keeping the faith with Solskjaer and not firing him when things looked dire or terrible or where they looked awful or where they had horrible defeats against bad teams, by not panicking, they are going to be able to bring cohesion to this team. What they need now is a purchasing and acquisition player acquisition strategy from Ed Woodward and the rest of the folks at United to support him. And now we are getting into the question of Ray Roscoe and what he asked me about how do you build a team that will win titles. And in case you haven't noticed, I'm dropping some hints here as we go along, as we evaluate where we are in the table. Liverpool Football Club have 
a number of pieces of what I'm going to call the Ray Orozco equation that other teams don't necessarily have. And I'm going to suggest to you that Fenway Sports Group, probably the best owner in the Premier League. Let's talk about it in more detail when we come back here on World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Lots to talk about today. And don't worry, we'll go down all the matches that happened midweek. We'll talk about them all. I'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to World Soccer Radio. Before we get on with the rest of the show, I wanted to highlight a couple of other podcasts on our podcast network, which is the Believe Podcast Network. You should check both these shows out. First, there's BSI the Podcast. This is hosted by former and current USL and MLS players Benny Failhaber, Sal Zizo, Ike Opara. BSI the Podcast, it's a show where our hosts call up a weekly guest. They talk soccer, current events, politics. They share behind-the-scenes stories. It's a great show, lots of fun. My favorite part of the show is Ike's Interrogation, where they pepper their guest with fan questions, which they've accumulated during the week. And then, of course, I say of course because I do mention this just about every day, Shep Massing is a legend in football in America. A guy played with Pele, big New York. Look, New York City biggest city in the country. If you look back at the history of football in this country, you've got the Cosmos stands out probably bit greater than any. Shep Messing, an integral part of that. He's a retired MLS vet now. He is a revered broadcaster of the game. He talks all things New York Red Bulls when the MLS is, when MLS is in season. And when not in season, he talks global football. It happens daily. A great show download it Shep Messing Daily cast you can find all of these shows on our network the Believe Podcast Network which is available for you on this show right after it's over if you miss any part of it we are broadcasting live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM great to be with you big hello to our men and women in uniform listening on the American Forces Network before the break I was talking about what I'm going to call the Ray Orozco Matrix. Let's 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 give Ray, our listener Ray Orozco. Let's let's give him. Let's give it. Let's let let's let's give him a creation. Let's call it the Ray Orozco Matrix. If you want to be a champion team, if you want to win titles, what do you need? Well, before the break, I was suggesting to you that play that teams coming together with time, experience, a system, a belief. An identity, and I don't just mean we are Arsenal, or da, 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 da. I mean an identity of how you play, a style, a stylistic identity, a belief in success, a belief in the quality of your teammates, a belief in the tactical noose of your owner, as well as of your, of your manager, as well as 
the training regimen, the man management, and support of ownership. You need all of those things, but most importantly, you need a long-term view to success. And before the break, I mentioned I thought Liverpool had the best ownership in football. I believe that today. I believe that because Fenway Sports Group is not, for example, like City Football Group. And I'm going to explain to you, by the way, they're also great owners. I'm not going to sit here and badmouth City Football Group whatsoever. That's Abu Dhabi United who owns them. That's Sheikh Mansour bin Zayed Al Nahan, who is the brother of the ru ruler of the UAE, who owns City. And yes, they have goodles and gops and loads and loads of money. I think it's important to understand that what Fenway Sportsbrook, Fenway Sports Group brings to Liverpool is an understanding of sports beyond just the Premier League beyond just soccer. In other words, the global concept of building successful sports franchises. Now, if you have seen that wonderful film Moneyball, you will know what I'm talking about. We are talking about Fenway Sports Group right there. And they have a methodology and a system and a set of algorithms and a whole business department that specializes in finding quality talent without blowing the bank out. And yes, when the time comes, if the need is there, they will splash the cash, don't get me wrong. But they spend it wisely. They have the right people in the right places. They support the manager, yet the manager doesn't make all the final decisions on player personnel. But they are in agreement. They work as a consensus. They work together. It's a great owner. They've developed the stadium. They've invested in players. They've invested in global branding. And most importantly, once they had their man, and I'm talking about Jurgen Klopp, they have kept the faith with Jurgen, given him what he needs, and allowed him to do his job without micromanaging him. Now, in credit to Sheikh Mansour and Abu Dhabi United, they do pretty much the same thing at City Football Group. You will not see ownership dibble-dabbling in the day-to-day -day affairs of the football club. They let the professionals do the job. They hold the professionals accountable. So if we're talking ownership, you have to say there are some decent owners in the Premier League. By the way, the Leicester City's owners too. I can't pronounce their names. But good owners as well. I wish I could say the same thing about Tottenham. Not so true. Or United. Not so true. Chelsea Football Club. Roman Abramovich, the main owner. But since he was denied a visa in England, he's not really as hands-on. He's not really investing as much in the team as he used to. So is he a good owner, a great owner? Yeah. You know, probably not. However, however, to get back what I, to what I was saying about uh, the Ray Orozco matrix, you have to have a long-term view. You have to have a manager who's going to instill a sense, a, a sense of style and his expectations 
who's going to relate to the players, who's going to be a good man manager, and who's going to have a good relationship with ownership. I would suggest to you, you've got Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. You've got um, definitely got uh, Ancelotti starting off at Everton. Well, not quite starting off, but uh, Ancelotti at Everton. You've got Brendan Rodgers at Leicester City. I think you've got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United. Now, whether ownership will back him or not, we'll have to wait and see. The Glazers, the Glazers obviously have massive debt issues they have to work with, but they've kept the faith. Same thing with Chelsea and, their, and Frank Lampard, who they brought in. And Man City and Pep Guardiola, of course you're going to keep the faith. The Wolverhampton Wanderers and Nuno Spirito Santo, you're going to keep the faith with your manager for the long term because that's important. You're going to allow your manager to build the system, get the players, and give him an opportunity in what is becoming a more and more competitive league to have the success that he needs. And Ray Orozco, that is the Ray Orozco matrix. That's what you need. Changing, look, I would suggest to you that if Manchester United had kept David Moyes at the helm and not gone through the, you know, ridiculous revolving door of managers they went through since Alex Ferguson left in 2013, which is now what? We're now It's now eight years, right? In eight years, they've gone through David Moyes. Remember Ryan Dick Giggs was a tech caretaker manager? Then they went to Louis van Gaal. Then they went to Jose Mourinho. Then they went to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You know, if they'd stayed with David Moyes, you have to wonder where they would be. Would they still be in a rebuilding, restructuring phase? Would Moyes have been able to, after a season or two of difficulty, bring back some glory, build a club in his image, be the steady hand? He was certainly the handpicked successor of Alex Ferguson. You know his win rate? Better than Louis Van Hals. Better than Ryan Giggs. He didn't have nearly as many matches in charge as uh, Jose Mourinho, who did have, you know, success, won the Europa League, League Cup, Community Shield with them. And had half the matches of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and, okay, uh, not as good of a win rate, but not by much. And that's what I mean. The managerial merry-go-round doesn't do anybody any good because until you bed in with a manager, in my opinion, you are never going to leave the starting gate. And it is going to be nigh impossible to repeat 13 Premier League titles, five FA Cups, four League Cups, two Champions Leagues, you know, European Cup Winners' Cup, Super Cup, Intercontinental Cup, World Club Cup, etc., etc., that Alex Ferguson brought to United. You're not going to, lightning's not going to strike twice. You just have to stick with the manager. Now, Arsenal faced this same question. The problem that Arsenal has isn't Mikel Arteta. Is he the best manager? I don't know. 
but his players have no gumption, no heart, and he is not supported by ownership. That is a... I, Arsenal are in a period of decline that, that is going to be really unprecedented. And I remember back to the Hicks and Gillette era of Liverpool Football Club where they were one step off of bankruptcy. Now, I don't think that's going to happen at Arsenal. But their success was, though they would write down in the table, I can see that coming from Arsenal. It's going to take something massive to bring them back. Okay, I have to go to break. Let's continue the discussion on the other side. I'm Nick Gieber. This is World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back. That the Dickies with their version of Giganto. I love playing DJ for you here. I play some of the best music of the 80s and early 90s for you here on this show because uh, those were my formative years. Coming to you live on Sirius XM and the Sports Byline Broadcast Network as well as the American Forces Network, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app and... Right after this show, it's available in its entirety at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. We are presented to you by betonline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. So let's kick it off, shall we? I promised you we were going to look back at the results of the week midweek matches and they are all in which is no surprise the last match of the mid- midweek was man united beating the worst team in the league sheffield united by 3-2 now the important thing here is that they beat them and this is what i was talking about in the previous segment yeah they didn't look good i don't think anybody that's going to concede two goals to sheffield united is looking good and i think Man United's is a bubble waiting to burst unless they can get rid of Pogba in January and get a couple, two or three more pieces in that will really help them fill out the equation. And that's what they need to do. But let's go down the midweek matches, shall we? Let's start on Tuesday. A Wolverhampton, first of all, Man City, West Brom, if that didn't absolutely shock you, and I know we've spoken about this because uh, I was with you uh, on Tuesday after this match. Uh, Man City, West Brom, a shocker result at the Etihad for City to give up two points to the second-worst team in the Premier League, a team that only scored 10 goals in the whole season, was an absolute shocker. A team that, on aggregate, is conceding two goals a game. uh, City only managed to put one goal by them, and that, therein, is the problem, hands down, for Man City. They are wasting chances. They are not clinical. They are not scoring enough. And they are up in a Premier League now against teams that are able to score seemingly ad nauseum. Liverpool currently top of the scoring at 29. Spurs, Southampton, 25 each. Leicester, 24. Everton, 23. Chelsea scored 26 goals, second highest in the Premier League. 
and you've got to go down. Man City scored 18 goals, folks. That's less than West Ham. That's less than Aston Villa. That's less than Crystal Palace. That's less than Leeds United. That's the problem. It doesn't take, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you. It's certainly not defensively where they have one of the absolute best defensive records in the league. Just not putting the ball in the back of the net. They're just not being clinical. So City squandered two points in that match against West Bromwich Albion. Um, I, I, like most pundits, think that City will come around here just fine. I think they will eke by through you know the rest of the month. They have a huge match, by the way, at St. Mary's against Southampton coming up on Saturday. That is a very important match. If City win that match, Southampton lose. They'll only be a point behind City. Uh, point behind Southampton, excuse me. So that was a shocker result. The other result from Tuesday was another shocker result where Chelsea, who had been up until the loss against to Everton uh, on the 12th, hugely consistent they'd lost one game on the in the entire season they've lost two games in a row now Chelsea against Everton and really a shocker against uh Wolverhampton Wanderers whose best player isn't even playing due to injury but again I'm not going to freak out if I'm a Chelsea fan you've got a young team you're going to show some inconsistencies because if I'm going to fill out the rest of the Ray Roscoe matrix it's going to be consistency the ability to grind out results even when you're not playing well Liverpool have done that spectacularly over the last few seasons and if Man United keep this up folks we're going to say the same thing about United if they fill out the top four because we're going to say they ground out those results when they went behind in the first half of every match looked terrible came back and got a point or got three points or what have you. That's what Chelsea have yet to develop, that maturity. I think they are not very far away from it at all. It is entirely possible these last two matches were a blip. I guess we'll find out at Stamford Bridge uh, next Monday when they face West Ham United because that is a whopper of a match as there is only one point separating the two yes we have a bunch of huge matches coming up shocker right there let's move on to wednesday's matches west ham palace 1-1 i tell you i love west ham i think this i like this this team uh don't ever underestimate crystal palace i was surprised i had picked west ham united to win that and they did not, so I was wrong on that. I was wrong on most of my midweek picks, by the way. Liverpool, Spurs, let's come back to that. Arsenal, Southampton, oh! Well, I had actually picked Southampton to win this because I think Arsenal are just awful. So getting a point, I thought, was not a bad result for Arsenal. It was at home. I don't think the Emirates means much of anything. Southampton are a good team. I think Arsenal punched above their weight for this one. They got a point. I got it wrong. But probably, given the way Arsenal have looked this season, a, a, a fairly decent result for Arsenal. 
Leeds United playing Newcastle. You know, I love Leeds United because this Bielsa team just loves to attack and attack and attack. And they're like the little kid that has this sort of big man syndrome and likes to constantly get into fights. Uh, he's going to lose most of the fights that he fights, but occasionally he's going to win one, but every fight's going to be the same. This was the same, but they scored five goals against Newcastle. They got the win. Newcastle badly depleted due to COVID. Great result for Leeds at home, at Ellen Road. Love to see it. I really, really, really am hoping that Leeds United will stay in the Premier League. And right now, particularly with teams as awful as Sheffield, West Brom, and I hate to say it, Fulham, uh, and possibly Burnley, uh, it looks like they are definitely in with a shout. The other match that was a shocker was Everton going to the King Power and finding a Leicester City that, little like Chelsea, by the way, is in a minor slumpski. Lost three of the last five. Admittedly, it was to Liverpool, but they did lose to Fulham, and now they lost to Everton. And I'm wondering if the Jamie Vardy show is getting just a little bit too predictable for Leicester City. I don't know, but guess what? We're going to find out on Sunday. Like I said, huge matches this weekend. They are facing Tottenham Hotspur at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So we're going to find out. I think Leicester City would have dearly loved to pick up three points. But look at this. Everton up to fifth place with that big win. Uh, they are going to face Arsenal coming up over the weekend. And I predict they will do a number on the lackluster Gunners. So Fulham-Brighton was a nil-nil. Liverpool-Spurs was a 2-1. In what lived up to the billing, finally. We've been talking about this ad nauseum, haven't we? These big matches generally, you know, don't come down to much. And all I've got to think about is that just awful Manchester derby that really would have put anybody to sleep. But when you get Jurgen Klopp and Jose Mourinho and Honmin Song, by the way, who got the Pushkas Award from FIFA for the goal of the year, and Harry Kane, and up against you know Jurgen Klopp and Mohamed Salah and Roberto Firmino, and, uh, you know, it, it is... And, uh, and and Sadeo Mane, and it, this was a great match. This match, I thought was going to end 1-1 uh, during the match. Of course, a late Firmino header saw Liverpool win it, and there's lots of people talking about the push in the back. Was it a push? VAR, check this out. And I don't like VAR for many reasons, but the but the one thing that it does do is it does kind of take the ambiguity out of a lot of it, with the exception of some of these offside calls. Clearly, this was not seen to be a foul. The header was good. The goal stood. Could Tottenham have won this game? Absolutely. Was this the clash of the Titans in the Premier League? Absolutely. Are Arsenal and Liverpool... Uh, pardon me, are Liverpool and Tottenham pulling themselves away from the pack, maybe not in terms of points, but I think in terms of talent and consistency, yes, they are. And I know this was asked of the uh, NBC crew, and they actually said no. I disagree. Certainly in terms of points, they're not pulling away from the pack like last season. But in terms of quality gap, there is a quality gap between Liverpool and Tottenham and surprisingly enough, 
the rest of the ta- the rest of the table, including Man City, because Man City haven't changed their squad. Their squad's just not playing to the level that you would expect. On paper, I would tell you Liverpool and Man City have the best squads in the Premier League. In reality, Liverpool and Tottenham are by far the best teams right now in the Premier League. Can that change? Of course it can. I'm shocked to see Man City down in ninth spot. But it is it was a veritable clash of the Titans. It was a great match. I think everybody thoroughly enjoyed it. And you got what you wanted. Today, Villa Burnley fought to a nil-nil at Villa Park. By the way, well done on Villa for getting points at home. Don't underestimate this Villa team. This Villa team is like it's like handling a hot potato. You just don't know what you're going to get with this team. Seriously. I mean, they beat Arsenal 3-0 away. They go, they go to Molyneux. They beat Wolves 2-1. Yet they lose at home to Brighton. They lose at home to... Uh, they lose, do lose away to West Ham. That's, that's true. And then at home, they get a point from Burnley. Uh, Villa not going anywhere. They are not getting relegated. They are going to be a mid to upper mid table upper mid table team this season. We'll see come the end of the season, but not a lot to say about Villa except don't ever think that a match against Villa is a trip to the point bank because it is not. And unfortunately for West Bromwich Albion, that's who they're facing on Sunday, and that's going to be very very tough for them. All right, time to get to the last match. United, Sheffield United, uh, I, I, the two Uniteds. We spoke about this today. What to say, really? I mean, United go behind in the fifth minute. A couple of goals from Rashford put them 2-1 up. Pardon me. And Martial put them 3-1 up. And then, you know, in the 87th minute, minute McGoldrick scores his second goal, and brings them to win in 3-2. Having said that, I mean, a solid victory for United, um, but, you know, against the worst team in the league. All right, I'll be right back to wrap it up on World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio. Hope you've enjoyed the show. It's been great bringing you a recap of all the midweek matches. I'm Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'm here with you every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern time for all you early birds out there that really like to talk football at 3 a.m. I can do that as well. We're presented by betonline.ag. Coming up tomorrow, we will do what we do every Friday. I was just looking, making sure tomorrow's Friday. (laughs) Uh, Our patented Pundits Premier League preview show, just so you can have a, a plethora of peas for you, where I'll break down every match in the Premier League and we'll give you some picks and odds and values courtesy of our good friends and title sponsor betonline.ag some big matches coming up this weekend we touched on it previously the big boys Liverpool away at Selhurst Park to Palace massive match Tottenham Leicester City at the uh, at uh, 
Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Southampton, Manchester City, huge match. Everton, Arsenal, whopper of a match. United, Leeds, folks, that'll be really fun. West Ham, Chelsea, another huge match. West Brom, Aston Villa, Sheffield, Brighton. If, if Sheffield ever hope to get points, that's probably a place they can do it. Uh, some really good matches this weekend. You are going to want to make sure that you tune into all of them. And of course, tomorrow, because I will break down every one of these matches and tell you why you need to watch them because yeah, it's taking it's just shaping up so nicely for an absolutely cracking post-Christmas run in the Premier League right until tomorrow have a great night stay safe hope you're starting to enjoy your holiday period but stay safe wear a mask don't be an idiot I'll speak to you tomorrow cheers Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.